in the new digital marketplace, are things all even, open, able to bring in new ideas, entrepreneurs able to compete with the best product for you at the best price? Well, <laughs> I hate to burst your bubble, but that's not the reality of the new digital economy. And it turns out that our laws and our competition bureau and our competition act, which oversees this kind of thing in this country, is not well suited to handle it. And when you want to talk competition, there's only one person I want to talk to, and that's Vess Bednar, okay. who's the executive director at McMaster University's uh, Public Policy in Digital Society program. Vass, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. You got a great piece in the Globe and Mail saying that we need to change things, and it kind of it, it sets the stage of what's out there. Let give give consumers an idea, like when they're buying something from a Amazon platform or from Meta, what's really going on there. Well, really, the piece is kind of about those less visible uh, effects of a less of a lack of competition, right? So, kind of, I, I hope I don't do a terrible job with this, but kind of constraining almost supply chains, if you will. So, looking at contracts, so not just the contract uh, implicitly that bargain between a consumer and a producer of something, but understanding what it means for smaller and independent businesses to negotiate with larger players, right? Uh, either in a supply chain context or for to participate in an online marketplace. Um, so I, I fear I've complicated a little bit more, but it's kind of, you know, sneaking under the hood and, and saying, okay, how, how else does an asymmetry of power uh, manifest kind of in the marketplace, both uh, in in the digital realm, but also just in a in a brick and mortar space as well. And we were kind of inspired by something that was happening in the U.S. So it's a co-authored piece with Denise Hearn, who's Canadian by birth but living in the U.S. right now. Um, she's a senior fellow at the American Economic Liberties Project and Venmo. So you know you can't uh, Venmo in Canada, and there are lots of reasons for that with our with our payment systems. But Venmo is instituting a mandatory arbitration clause in its consumer contract. So this is owned by PayPal, many customers, and it's really just a, a take it or leave it situation where people don't actually have a choice where they can switch away uh, or they have fewer choices in terms of switching away to another payment processor. And, and when you talk about bricks and mortar, one of the examples that you give is the grocery giants in this country. Right. Well, we've seen uh, news stories from earlier this year. Of course, groceries making headlines all the time, most frequently for their record profits. But where grocery stores were saddling smaller businesses with compliance fees. So when a delivery was late, even though that late delivery was far beyond the control of the smaller independent business, um, Loblaws, Empire, Metro were still imposing those contracts. Right. So a lot of the work. Um, in that piece takes research that's undertaken in the US actually to look at coercive contract terms with a competition lens and starts to say, hey, this is, these are issues that are that are manifesting here and that we could think about in a more sophisticated way. I hate to be a kind of poopy policy person that just points to problems, you know, like that's not my, it's not my jam. So I always try to you know, point to problems or issues, but start to nudge us towards what could some of the solutions be there. And I, I think in a in a constrained constrained uh, word word piece, we we start to get there a little bit just by pointing to what these look and feel like, frankly. Okay, so if we are going to revamp the Competition Act, what? And this is a billion dollar question, I'm sure. Like, what needs hmm. to be in there to be able to better uh, protect consumers? 
Well, we are going to be improving the Competition Act in Canada, which is fantastic. We have some early amendments to the Competition Act that are nested in the Budget Implementation Act. So we'll see if those stay there going forward. But then there's been a, a forthcoming consultation that's been foreshadowed, not 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 officially announced, but foreshadowed. And as I buy myself time to answer your $1 billion question, I mean, I think it would be great if the Competition Bureau did a market study into contracts of adhesion, right? And that's way we could look at the effective terms like, man of, like those mandatory arbitration clauses on independent businesses. But it's really about recentering independent smaller businesses in a context of competition reform and making sure that we speak directly to entrepreneurs and innovators to understand the frictions and tolls and you know various prices both economic and and otherwise that they pay to participate in the marketplace you, you use the word gatekeeper as a term that you use quite a bit yeah um, and just give me a sense if you can at eye level for consumers because they see uh, the convenience of an Amazon. They see, uh, you know, they, they don't sure. necessarily see what, as you've described, is going on under the hood. I mean, what's the negative impact for consumers? The negative impact for consumers of gatekeeping, one is that they may not be exposed to a better quality product or a better price product if that product can't enter the marketplace. Two, um, while they might want to choose a third party, again, an independent product when they're searching in that online marketplace, um, that that provider is, is paying much more over time. And uh, at the end of the day, just to participate in the online marketplace against the kind of, uh, against the platform itself, if we're using something like Amazon. But you're absolutely right. Convenience, lower prices, uh, competing at scale. This is how you achieve a, a lower price. We've seen it with, you know, Walmart and other firms before they were uh, also competing in an online context. And that's nothing new and it's it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's important to understand what that means for the dynamics and terms of competition and what it means for other suppliers to be able to achieve a fair price in the marketplace. Vass, always great talking with you. I appreciate your time today. Great to chat with you.